0: welcome to the michigan minds podcast a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from university of michigan faculty
1: thank you so much for joining michigan minds i'm really looking forward to talking with you today and learning from you can you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your role at the university of michigan
0: yes my name is dr kevin coakley and i'm a professor of psychology here I am the university diversity and social transformation professor, which is an endowed professorship. And I'm also the associate chair for diversity initiatives in the psychology department.
1: Thank you. And in what areas does your research focus?
0: My research focuses on the um, areas of really sort of ethnic minority multicultural psychology. Um, I tend to focus on issues pertaining to African-Americans. And um, for many years, I focused on issues related to the achievement of African-American students. I looked at factors such as racial identity, um, academic self-concept, academic motivation. um, Really all of those sort of um, psychological factors that impact the ways in which uh, African-American students perform, uh, particularly in college. Um, In recent years, I have turned my focus more into the area of the imposter phenomenon and I've been really interested in looking at how the imposter phenomenon impacts academic and mental health outcomes, not only among African-American students, but among all students, particularly minoritized students.
1: So talking a bit about your recent work that examines whether imposter feelings would both moderate and mediate the relationship between perceived discrimination and mental health in a sample of diverse ethnic minority college students at an urban public university, can you highlight some of your findings in this area?
0: Sure. So um, let me just kind of give you a little bit of background. The literature is well established in sort of talking about the relationship between perceived discrimination and mental health outcomes, particularly depression and anxiety. Uh, We know that increased uh, exposure to perceived discrimination increases the likelihood of experiencing symptoms of depression and anxiety. So I was really interested or we were really interested in um, looking at additional factors that would contribute to uh, this dynamic. And as I mentioned, um, I have been doing research on the imposter phenomenon. So really I was interested in to what degree does feeling like an imposter contribute to the relationship between perceived discrimination and mental health outcomes. And I was especially interested in examining this um, sort of relationship amongst multiple um, groups of students, um uh, minoritized students, um, because we know that all minoritized students um, are exposed to discrimination, um, but we wondered if they have the same sorts of um, experiences or if, if the dynamics among perceived discrimination and mental health outcomes, if it's the same um, across groups or if there are some differences. So that was really sort of what was the motivation for, for doing the research. Uh, one of the interesting findings, and consistent with other research that I've done, is that, that of those groups of students, which included African-American students, Latinx students, and Asian-American students, um, we found that, that African-American students um, reported the higher uh, sort of experiences of perceived discrimination, um, which is not surprising, um, which is fairly consistent with other research that has been done in the area. Um, interestingly, we found that there were no differences across the groups in reporting feeling like an imposter. Um, this was pretty interesting because, in, in prior research that we had conducted, um, we actually found that Asian American students reported higher experiences of uh, feeling like an imposter compared to African American students and Latinx students which was somewhat counterintuitive to what we had expected to find in previous studies. But in this particular study, there were no um, ethnic differences in experiencing uh, feeling like an imposter. So those are some pretty interesting findings.
1: One of the main focuses of the study, imposter feelings as a moderator and mediator of the relationship between perceived discrimination and mental health among racial or ethnic minority college students was to examine the extent to which perceived discrimination and imposterism predicted negative mental health outcomes. Can you share a bit more about these findings and how perceived discrimination and imposterism impact students' mental health?
0: Yeah. So again, when when we're talking about uh minoritized students, um, of you know ra- racially and ethnically minoritized students, there's quite a bit of literature that examines perceived discrimination with this group. We know, again, that perceived discrimination is very well documented to contribute to higher um, feelings of depression and anxiety. But less is known about imposterism, the imposter phenomenon, and how that contributes. Preceding this study that we're talking about, we we conducted a study where we found that imposter feelings actually were stronger predictors of mental health outcomes compared to perceived discrimination and so or actually could compare to minority status stress and so we were interested in the degree to which both of these constructs contribute to the prediction of mental health outcomes and we did it uh, in a in a mod in a statistical model and we and it was pretty interesting because we did find that that they both um, that perceived discrimination and um, imposterism both predicted mental health outcomes. But what was really interesting was in in the model that we examined, we found that, that part of the reason why perceived discrimination predicts mental health outcomes is because of imposterism. So in other words, when minoritized students experience discrimination, their mental health is compromised in part Um, because they are experiencing feeling like an an imposter. So one of the um, interventions that we could do as a result of the study is to work on um, reducing feeling like an imposter amongst minoritized students because when you reduce their feelings of imposterism, then it minimizes the impact of perceived discrimination on their mental health.
1: Thank you so much. Your book, Making Black Lives Matter, Confronting Anti-Black Racism, explores the history and contemporary circumstances of anti-black racism, offering powerful personal anecdotes and providing recommendations and solutions to challenging anti-black racism in its various expressions. Can you share the inspiration for this book and your experience collaborating with scholars, practitioners, activists, and students?
0: Yes, um, it it was interesting. I was actually approached by the publisher, Cognella, and they asked me if I would be interested in working on a book that really sort of was capturing the moment of, you know, and of course we know with um, George Floyd's murder and the um, uprisings in the in summer of 2020, that there was a lot of conversation, national conversation around race and, and social justice. And so Cognella publishers really wanted to to capture what was going on in, in the nation at that time. And so they approached me and asked me if I would um, be interested in, in putting together a book um, to really examine and to address sort of what was going on, and so I was very excited. First of all, I was honored and, and humbled. Um, there are a lot of people that they could have approached, but they, they asked me, and so I said yes, and so then the challenge was to figure out what exactly did I want to focus on, because um, they, didn't, they didn't tell me necessarily, they didn't tell me a title, they didn't tell me an exact focus. Um, that was really left up to me. They just knew that they wanted to really capture the moment of what was going on um, in the nation at that time. And so, you know, after giving it a lot of thought, I, I said, you know, really, we are experiencing the protest and uh, making and, and Black Lives Matter sort of movement, and, and, which was not just in the nation, but worldwide. And so I, I knew that I wanted that to somehow be reflected in the title. And I also knew that what we were really dealing with was anti-blackness and 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 we saw george floyd as yet just another example of sort of anti-blackness at play in law enforcement and so it was really that was how the idea really became crystallized and what was so attractive to me about doing the book was um, it was not going to be your typical academic book in other words it was not sort of written just for an academic audience and it was not going to just involve scholars it involved uh, community activists um, it involved students um, and, and practitioners and so A very diverse set of voices and experiences contributed to the book, and I think that makes the book particularly exciting for people who who want something beyond just the the typical sort of academic approach in, in, in writing a book.
1: Wonderful, thank you. Black History Month is celebrated during the month of February. Can you discuss the importance of learning and understanding the history behind this significant observance?
0: You know, we always have to remind people that that black history is American history and so we're not talking about learning a segregated form of history. All informed and educated Americans should be familiar with not only black history but Latinx history, Asian Asian American history, indigenous histories. I mean, all the different groups that make up the, the beautiful diversity and tapestry of this country all deserve to have their histories learned. And so, so black history is just part of that. And you know black history of course you know has been celebrating this country for for many years, um, you know we know we can um, go back and sort of thank Carter G. Woodson for you know introducing this to us initially in the form of Black History Week and then of course, Black History Week became black History month but it 's really an opportunity to just um, reflect and to to celebrate all of those wonderful achievements that that African Americans that black folks have have made to to this country and and they are many, and we don 't often have an opportunity to really talk about reflect on and celebrate those achievements and black history month uh, gives us an opportunity to do that
1: can you share any educational resources where people can go to learn more about black history month or provide ways in which people can continue learning and celebrating beyond this observance
0: well i would um i would be remiss if i didn't if i did not offer um, my book making black lives matter confronting anti-black racism Um, it's a you know shameless plug for for my book, I would refer people you know to an, an organization, um, so the National Council of Black Studies is the premier academic organization dedicated to to black studies, and it is a wonderful uh, sort of site and resource for people who want to get exposed to more information, um, including books that people might read to to learn more about the black experience. So I would refer people to go to their website in particular and to become familiar with you know the, the individuals who make up the National Council of Black Studies and the work that they do.
1: As the podcast comes to a close, what is one thing you hope listeners remember from this conversation?
0: I hope that listeners remember that black history is American history. And in light of The things that are going on in this country right now, I I will remind people about what's going on um, in places like Florida, where um, Advanced Placement African American Studies has been excluded from the curriculum, um, that we live in a highly contentious set of times now, and it is important that people recognize that black history is something that we should all be exposed to, that we should all learn, and it should not be politicized to the extent that it ceases to be offered to students
1: and is there anything else you would like to share
0: I would share that i hope that people take the time to educate themselves beyond what they might learn in schools because we know that while you know what we learn in schools is certainly important it's limited and that education never stops with formal schooling but it should be a lifelong process and people should be committed to learning more about Black History Month, as well as the histories of other racial and ethnic groups.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much. It has been an absolute honor to talk with you today and learn from you. Thank you for taking the time to join us.
0: You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag umichimpact.